Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Charles. Enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 71 of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, it's your host, Charles, and today we've got a fun one for you. Uh, so I'm going to be sitting down with my buddy Bicolo, and we're going to be talking about kind of taking a hands-off, long-term investor approach to the cryptocurrency markets. Uh, he's recently taken a step back, he got a new job, and he's been posting a lot less on Twitter, and I think that's really great for his mental health, and I think a lot of people could use that. Uh, so we're going to be discussing that in the first half of the episode, and then in the second half of the episode, we're going to be having a little bit more fun. He's the animal expert of crypto Twitter, so we're just going to be shooting some animal questions at him, having some fun. Uh, so if you don't want to hear that first part, you can skip ahead to the second part. I believe it's like 30 minutes in, uh, but I highly recommend that you listen to the whole thing. Now, before we get into the episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, and that's Roundly X. These guys are absolutely killing it. They round up your purchases, your credit and debit card purchases. So for example, if you make a purchase of $1.50, they'll round it up to $2 and that 50 cents gets invested into Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies of your choosing. They're currently partnered with Coinbase and Voyager and it really is the perfect way to dollar cost average into Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Think the acorns for crypto. If you haven't signed up already, I highly suggest you do. There will be a link in the description below. Go sign up, link your cards, start stacking Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies today. Alright guys, one last quick thing before we get into the episode. Uh, as you've probably seen on Twitter, uh, and I've been talking about it a lot actually, is that we're going to be giving away cash and prizes on the show weekly to anyone who has subscribed to the YouTube channel. So this first giveaway is for one free month of Cold-Blooded Chillers educational group. I had him on to talk about this previously. It is set up in the most beautiful way. Uh, and so we're going to be giving that out to Lucas Crown. His Twitter handle is since. Uh, so Lucas, if you can get in touch with me, uh, we'll get you set up so you can get that free month in the educational group. Uh, and to anyone else who's listening right now, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like I said, we are going to be giving away cash and prizes on a weekly basis. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Now let's get into it. So before we really get into what you've been doing lately and kind of the topic at hand, do you think you could just give us a little bit of background on yourself and what you were doing before you found cryptocurrencies? <laughs> um, so I found crypto in, uh, May, 2017, very lucky time to get in to right be honest. Before that um, run, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, at the time I was, I was at university, I was in my second year. Um, and I like, I had a part-time job at like while I was studying and was working my ass off and, uh, I was just kind of thinking about there must be another way I can, you know, make some money while I'm, while I'm studying. And the first thing, first thing I went into, uh, I thought about was like, 
uh, stocks, Forex and things like that. So I basically bought a bunch of trading books and started learning essentially like classical chart patterns and things like that, right? Trying to give myself a bit of a base. And then my housemate at the time sort of caught me reading up on this stuff. And he told me about his friend that was into Bitcoin and crypto. And I think like a lot of people at the time, I kind of heard of Bitcoin, but sort of just brushed it off. You know, like, oh, it's just another thing. You just hear about it in the media. Yeah, that's um, like, you know, everyone's kind of go-to is like, or that's everyone's story. You know, they hear about it and they're like, ah, I don't know anything about it. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But, but because at the time I was in that mindset where I wanted to make a bit more money, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll look into it a bit more. And, uh, I mean, the first thing I looked at was like, you know, charts and things like that. And I was like, holy shit, this stuff is crazy volatile. Um, but then I guess what really kind of hooked me because at first I was think, just thinking about the money, but then I started reading stories about like, you know, like Venezuela or, um, I read some story, I can't remember exactly what it was about some journalist in some war torn African country where they cut off the, um, sort of, uh, like bank transfers and things like that. And he ended up being paid in Bitcoin and, so for me, that was really cool. That was like my hook. Like, I was like, wow, that's a way to kind of circumvent oppressive or failing governments. You know, that's, that's pretty cool. And then from there, I just got into it and started, you know, learning about all these other different coins and things like that and different purposes. And yeah, it just uh, really drew me in really quickly. Um, and then you found yeah. crypto Twitter and the rest was history. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was in about a month before I found crypto Twitter. And I was like, I think it took me a while to kind of, you know, realize what was going on here. But <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a fun little sub community we've got going on. This is great. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's wonderful. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah. I mean, you were you were out there trying to figure out how you could make some more money. Uh, you were looking at Forex and stocks and then made that move to crypto. Um, and I, it's a very, very similar situation where like I heard I've, – I've said this multiple times on the show, but like I heard, you know, Goldman Sachs was getting involved in, in the like blockchain industry. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And then I like read up in Bitcoin and I was like, oh, I can make some money off of this. And then as mm-hmm. you kind of learn about it more and more, you're like, oh, wow, this actually has some real life applications. This is very important stuff. Uh, and you kind of just get like more and more immersed. And then we talked about crypto Twitter, uh, but it's, you know, since this new job that I see that you had posted about, I don't see you posting on Twitter as much and, uh, I, I don't really see any crypto related stuff lately. So what have, what have you been up to? Sure. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I mean, obviously like, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky in that I work a job I fucking love. Uh, you know, it's been my ambition since I was three years old to work with animals. Um, always has been. I was gonna um, say, can you for for my audience who doesn't know who you are on crypto Twitter, um, can you just <laughs> give us a rundown of this new job? Uh, so basically, I I work for I'm working for a company out here in Thailand. They're actually based in Australia, but they've expanded to Thailand. I'm the only employee in Thailand. It's just the boss and me. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so the, the plan is essentially for me, pretty soon I'll have some people under me, um, but basically to expand here. And I'm, I'm basically working for a company that uh, we build, design, maintain big luxury aquariums, big ass fish tanks for private clients, hotels, um, restaurants, um, you know, all that good stuff. And uh, the current one I'm working on or that I'm maintaining is uh, is some Thai billionaire in some Thai billionaire's house. He's got a huge fish tank in his living room. And I basically go over and look after his fish and make sure it's all <laughs> <laughs> it's all running smoothly and you know, we we talk about, you know, what he wants, you know, I talk about what what's feasible, you know, sometimes he says like, oh he wants this, you know, oh I want a big fucking grouper in there and I'm like, well you can't have that because it's gonna eat everything else and <laughs> you know <laughs> it's pretty fun, man. It's wild. Um, I've just literally this week I went over to uh, some some Danish jewelry designer who's got a penthouse in Bangkok. Asked me to go over and have a look at his fish tank. So <laughs> you meet some interesting characters. It's very strange. Um, you know, I never thought that fish tanks would would give me a lifestyle like this. Yes. Um, but yeah. it's, it's it's great because. You know, I've always wanted to work with animals, but working with animals isn't exactly a lucrative business normally, right? You, if you want to work with animals, you're not in it for the money because chances you're not going to get paid very much. But here with this, it's like working for a startup and these things cost a lot of money, man, like a lot of money to build all the fish. And then the maintenance rate is re our maintenance rate's really high. Um, so like to have this opportunity where I'm making good money and I'm working with animals and caring for animals and making sure, you know, I'm doing all this cool shit. It's, it's, it's crazy. And in Thailand, it's fucking mad. Yeah, man, um, you're, you're, you're living your best life. And, um, oh, for, sure. for, for my sure. audience who, who doesn't really know you, you're kind of the crypto Twitter animal guy. That's what, you know, a lot of people know you as yeah, yeah. always posting yeah. animal facts, that kind of thing. So this is kind of the perfect job for you. Uh, but uh, kind of circling back yeah. on, on, you know, crypto Twitter and, you know, yeah. I haven't, haven't really seen too much, um, crypto posting from you. Uh, is there any reason for that specifically? Well, I guess partly because of this, partly because of how the market is and partly also because of the way I guess <clears throat> I've evolved. Um, I've taken a little bit of a step back not just in like, well, in both my trading style, <clears throat> I guess you could call it that, and uh, how how much I'm kind of keeping up with everything. Mainly because I wanted to kind of, you know, this job is very new. I wanted to sort my life out and and <clears throat> be in a really good place in case it all goes in the shitter, right? I don't think it is all going to go in the shitter. I really don't, but I rather than pursue something in crypto, I wanted to go the opposite direction and be like, all right, I want to make sure like I'm good, I'm set. And then, you know, this is something I can just have some fun with, a side hustle, basically. Um, so I I'm assuming so, you're doing less trading then? Oh, 100%. But that's, that's not just because of the job, right? I think 
I mean, obviously the market was more exciting when I joined in 2017. It was fucking crazy. Of course. But I didn't need to know how to trade then. You just buy anything. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Million money. You buy yeah. it, it goes up. Um, but also, I think, uh, not just in 2017, but like, I, I mean, what I honestly believe that like my, my best like attribute as a trader is that I know exactly where I am on that spectrum. Right. So I will be very disciplined in like cashing out on my target. Like I would not let shit run. If I said something, it's coming out and then I'm paying myself some of that. So I'm always taking money out. Always. Never completely. But doing that has allowed me to kind of, you know, just kind of let things sit, I guess. I think it's really important to pay yourself, especially if you're new. Um, you know, you get kind of coiled up in that, you know, maybe you make one good trade and then you want to put all that money into another trade because, you know, if I made 100% here and I put all that money here and make another 100% and you just get caught up in that fucking, you know, um, cycle. Yeah. And we you start sorry, having fantasies and shit. Yeah, we, we saw it with so many people where they just kept reinvesting their gains and then eventually it all came crashing down and they lost pretty much all of it. Uh, in some exactly. cases, they've literally lost all of it. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. So, so like a combination of work and the market being kind of slow, instead of doing what I've seen some people do where they've kind of doubled down, continued to build in the hopes that things do turn around, you've said, all right, I'm going to take a little bit more of a hands-off approach. I'm going to explore a career that sounds like you're killing it in and it sounds like you're loving it just in the tone of your voice. Um, and it sounds like you really do have this kind of more of a long-term investor, uh, hands-off approach. And I feel like so many people are caught up in the day-to-day where they're checking prices every single day. They're over-trading. So do you have any yeah. tips for my audience on how to kind of break that cycle, take a step back, you know, curb their Twitter addiction and their blockfolio addiction? Like, do you have any tips <laughs> for these guys? You know, I, I think I think it's it's probably worth mentioning. Like before this, I was uh, I was actually full time crypto for about eight months, um, and man, it was it was fucking hell. <laughs> like it was it was crazy because you get these crazy ups and downs. Some months you you're like making all this money, and especially if you're not like if you're not if trading isn't like your passion, passion, like it wasn't mine. Um, I just wanted to make some extra money. Um, but yeah, like I, I had some crazy months where I'd make all this money and then the next month, like I'd make fucking nothing. Um, so it's a, it's an emotional roller coaster. So I think, you know, you've got to be a little bit careful because revenge trading is one of the worst things you can do and that's something I got caught up in as well um, so you really have to try and remove that from from trading which I think everyone knows but uh, that, I mean that spilled over into my personal life I was just a zombie um, but yeah I, I just think you need to be really disciplined um, if, if you're someone like me who doesn't want to be looking at prices all day so you just need to have literally just set your stop losses 
set your targets, set alarms for those, you know, have your uh, whatever cash out you want to do, whatever percentage cash out you want to do, whether it's 100%, 10%, stick to it, just constantly stick to it. Um, and yeah, you, it, it'll work out eventually. Because you always remember, I always remember the trades where I cashed out early and it ran. And those are the ones that grind on you. But for those, you still made money. Like what I don't really remember or like the, the ones that don't play on my mind are the ones where, you know, I just let it ride, didn't cash out, and then it fucking tanked. And then I lost money. But those ones don't grind on your memory as much. So yeah, yeah I think you just need to be uh, disciplined in that, in that regard. That's, that, that's what's helped me. Basically, realizing that I'm, I'm a shit trader helped me <laughs> a, a huge amount because I was like, all right, I need to like, set a system. I need to put a system in place and stick to it. Yeah, so th- I think that's one of the biggest things. Uh, you know, the mental side of trading is such a big part of it that I, f- I think so few people really understand or realize. Uh, and like you were saying, it was kind of bleeding into your personal life. Um, I, I'm just trying to, because I, I feel like so many people just like check the prices every day and they're not even trading, you know, they're just on Twitter. No, no. They're checking yeah. their block folio. Um, and I feel like you've done a great job of stopping that. I don't know if you're sitting in your apartment or home or wherever uh, in Bangkok refreshing your shit. But I mean, I don't see you as much on Twitter. Uh, so I, I'm just trying to help these people out because I feel like there's, there's this sick like addiction to getting way too immersed in the industry. Uh, so do you have any other tips on how people can kind of change their mindset and become more of like a long-term investor uh, where they're checking the price, you know, once a month. Yeah, I think the thing that helped me is that uh, I, you know, well, right now, actually for a while now, to be honest, I have maybe like a dozen projects that I keep tabs on, like really keep tabs on. Everything else, I don't really care about. I, I don't really do a whole lot of uh, research into other stuff. And I those those projects came about from either like chance discovering them or someone I kind of respected or looked up to uh, talked about it and then I did some research and then I was like, all right, this is gonna be one of one of my guys, you know? Um, and then, you know, one or two of those might kind of cycle out and be replaced with something else every month or so but generally i have these ones that i stick to and uh rather than constantly chasing the next you know whatever the next matic pump or or anything like that constantly looking for for that kind of stuff um i think if you if you like if you if you go around and start researching 20 different projects a day um, then you get really kind of caught up and you can get carried away by, first of all, what people say on Twitter, people will say anything on Twitter to, you know, promote their bags. Also what they say, on these projects say on the website, I think a lot of people read an article on, you know, fucking logistics and they think, oh, this blockchain 
this blockchain project that's in logistics is going to change the fucking world because now I know what logistics are and I understand them. <laughs> right? It's not going to happen. That's spot on. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Like, you can't, yeah, I took a painkiller once. Now I'm an expert in the medi- in medical industry. <laughs> so now I'm going to champion this fucking healthcare <laughs> token or whatever. You know, you can get you can get really caught up in that. And yeah, I think you just need to knuckle down on on uh, you know one project. Really look into it. The team team's always important. Like just looking at their background, who have they worked for before. Um, kind of their reputation. Um, Stratus is a good example of that. Stratus is a coin I've liked for a long time, even though it always fucks me. Um, uh, like that, that Stratus is one of like one of the coins I really keep tabs on. And uh, their team, it was their team that drew me in, kind of put the final nail in, right? Because I was like, yeah, they they've got a lot of smart people working for them. Um, with good track records. There we but, go. Yeah. So yeah, you- I think if you long term, you can't have, you know, all of these different fucking coins that you need to watch all the time. You just need to pick a few, pick a handful that's manageable, and invest yourself in those rather than splitting your time between shit loads of different things and not really knowing what's going on. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's. I think it's, you know, 2,000 plus cryptocurrencies. It might be 4,000. I don't know. Coins die all the time. Uh, but there's mm. thousands of them, right? And they're all constantly cool. putting out new pieces of news, uh, new tweets, new everything. And you really can't stay on top of it. You'll lose your mind if you try to. Uh, and so mm-hmm. what you've done is you've kind of slowly whittled it down to about a dozen projects that you keep up with and that you follow along with. You don't really focus on the noise of any other projects. And that's fine that you might miss out on some gains in another project, uh, but you're staying on top of these 10, 12, whatever it may be, uh, and seeing all the updates, reading up on it. Uh, and I, I kind of liken it to you know when you're investing in stocks, other than the financial statements, because most cryptocurrencies don't you know have any kind of financial statements, what you do yeah. before you invest is you read through the financial statements, you read through news articles, you see who is on the board, et cetera, et cetera. You see what the company's doing uh, and then you invest off of all of that. You should be doing the same here where you do the research beforehand. You look at a couple because if you look at you know the traditional markets, there's th- thousands of stocks, right? And you can't research mm-hmm. them all. So you just focus on a couple, you build out your portfolio slowly. And I think you've done an excellent job of that and it sounds like you're, you know, in a great mood right now. Like I said, I can hear it in your voice. Uh, whereas <laughs> half the people on Twitter are depressed and moaning and moping. And it's just because they've gotten so caught up in it. And on top of that, you know, they've lost a ton of money. But that's besides the point. <laughs> um, but then another big thing that I do want to bring up that you hadn't touched on was that you found something that you are super passionate about that's outside of, you know, the cryptocurrency scene. You, oh, yeah. You have this job. It sounds like you're really loving it. And I feel like some people in this industry do not have that. Cryptocurrencies are their hobby. Twitter is their hobby. And those should not be hobbies. I'm sorry. Um, that might hurt <laughs> some people's feelings, but I do not think those are hobbies. Uh, and you'll drive mm-hmm. yourself mad, like I was saying. So 
I think you've done an excellent job of kind of separating yourself from the industry, but still staying on top of it, still having your investments in the scene, uh, but being able to kind of have a life outside of it, which is why I wanted to bring you on because you're a perfect example in my eyes. Um, so I really appreciate you kind of talking us, talking to us about kind of your investment strategy, this beautiful life that you're living right now. I'm very jealous of it. Um, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> can you can you talk to us about you know what you're most excited for in the coming twelve months? Um, uh, it's a good question. Um, I'm I'm excited for uh, I don't want to say old season. <laughs> you can't curse it if you come on and say no, it. It's another I twelve months of downtrend. Yeah, I well, I I don't know. It, maybe it, it might not come in the next twelve months. But like, I think inevitably there's going to be a, a change, um, a change in direction. It is just bound to happen. Yeah. Um, whether that, you know, the, the, the same as 2017, probably not, but it might be, maybe more. Who knows? I, I'm excited for, for when that happens. All I think it's going to take is, you know, a couple of, big runners to start generating interest yeah, and then generating yeah. coverage from the media. And then that's going to generate more interest and it's just going to spiral again. Um, I, I'm, I'm positive that will happen. Like generally, like I'm very cautious, but it, it's going to, ha- it's bound to happen at some point. It is. You, right. know, you just want to be, is this just our bags talking or like, cause I, I am very much in the same mindset that this is, we are going to see another huge cycle. Uh, and I think, Absolutely. I, I, I don't know if it's just like us being stuck in the industry and being fucking <laughs> dumb about it, but I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I think we're going to see another huge run with previous guests. I've talked about Bitcoin. I'm very bullish on Bitcoin right now. I think we're going to mm-hmm. see a move up soon and then alts generally follow, uh, as money kind of flows down. So I'm looking forward to it as well. You don't have to say alt season. I'll say it. I'll take the blame. Um, <laughs> what about personal life? You got anything big planned? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, man, since being in Bangkok, I uh, so I actually I actually lived here when I was really young. My family moved here when I was ten. So in a way, getting this job and coming out here is like coming home. But uh, it's changed so much, and it's it's slowly building like thailand is a is pretty corrupt but it's honest it's honest corruption everyone knows it's corrupt government lets you know it's corrupt right at, at the moment um there's a, a the military running the government but there's a democratic party that's getting a lot of attention and i really think that bangkok is gonna take off as a hub in southeast asia soon within the next couple of years um, so I really would like to own some property here because I think it's going to, uh, I think it's going to blow up. Um, so it'd be nice to own, own, own an apartment, like completely have it paid off and then, uh, see if it, uh, you know, appreciates in value <laughs> in a couple of years time. That's something I definitely want to do. Other than that, not a whole lot. Um, you know, I'm seeing seeing my 
family for Christmas. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm kind of just living in the moment, to be honest with you. I like it, but at, you know, at the same time, it's it's funny you say you're living in the moment, but you're planning for the long term. You're talking about, you know, your crypto investments and kind of seeing this next cycle happen, which does take a little bit of time. You're talking about Bangkok becoming a hub of, you know, Southeast Asia. Uh, so these are kind of long term things. And I really like your mindset that you have. And it kind of fits into this whole episode here um, of kind of hands off long term approach. Uh, so you say living in the moment, I, I think you've, you've got it all pretty figured out and, uh, I'm, st- I'm stoked for you, man. I, I think, uh, you know, you just keep chugging along and you're going to be killing it in the next couple of years. Um, Thanks, man. I appreciate it. of course, of course. Well, uh, so one let's last, let's hope I don't fall on Thai lady boys. And- oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just a couple, just don't, don't lose yeah. all of it. Um, <laughs> So before we go, I generally like to wrap up with a kind of quote unquote biggest tip. Uh, and your episode was on this kind of long-term investing, hands-off approach. So to the people out there who are trying to get into the long-term investing category, uh, what's your biggest tip for them? Oh, I mean, I think that, I think the biggest tip is just to, I think both cashing out and I think cashing out and making sure you enjoy it go hand in hand. If you're, as long as you pay yourself like a designated amount, eventually you're going to get more out than you put in initially. And when you do that, it relaxes you. Your hands are way stronger, right? Your hands are way, way stronger when you're already made. Right, there's nothing riding on it, you know. If it all goes to zero, fuck it. Like it doesn't matter that much. But yeah, just if if you can get get yourself to a position where you've taken out more than you put in, um, it it becomes so much easier. It becomes so much easier. Um, you're not really bothered by by small price fluctuations. Um, you know, you Shit, just say yeah. I'm not even worried about big, big price, you know, movements. I've pulled yeah, out yeah. initial investment. This shit could go to zero. I'll be bummed. But I think at the end of the day, I could laugh about it uh, because I have yeah, made money, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you need to, you need, to, I, I, for anyone, you need to find a way of doing this that you enjoy. For some people, that's being at it all day, you know, in front of the screens, taking these scouts. You know, I, I tried that and it's not me. I didn't enjoy it. It stressed me the fuck out and I was shit at it. So, um, yeah, for anyone, just, just find a, find a way of doing it that, that, that you enjoy. But yeah, if you want to go long term, man, you've got to pay yourself. You, you can't just keep, you know, uh, compounding all your gains because eventually it's, it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, tank. Yeah. You're gonna, uh, you're gonna lose everything. So even small amounts, man, even small amounts. I think I started, like, you know, when I started out, what my, like my first, like, draft strategy, whatever, um, you know, I was just making sure I had my targets, and I was like, okay, here, 10%, take it out, cash it out, put it in my bank, you know? So it's there. So 
it's yeah, uh, it, it's so easy to say, but I feel like so few people actually do it. Uh, they're kind of waiting on this next mega moon mission. And so they think, if oh, yeah. if I take anything out now, you know, I'll miss out on those gains. Uh, but I think if you're not taking it out, like you're saying, you're eventually just going to lose it all. And you're going to be kind of forced out of the market because you won't have any funds left. Whereas if you're pulling stuff out periodically, it stays fresh. You know, your money's coming in. You don't feel like you're just throwing money away and you can stick around much longer. So I really like it. And then on top of that, <clears throat> you know, just having fun. Uh, I suggest anyone who's listening to this, if you're on crypto Twitter, go follow Bicolo. I'll have a link to his Twitter in the description. <laughs> He's He is a riot on Twitter. Like I've been saying, he doesn't post as much anymore, but he is a riot. He will make your Twitter experience so much more fun. And then to anyone who's not on Twitter, I highly suggest it. Uh, first, create a Twitter account. Find some uh, crypto accounts to follow. One, you'll get a bunch of information from us. But two, you're going to have a good time. Uh, I don't know how people do it without it because I, I need to be going through it with you psychopaths. Um, <laughs> yeah, without yeah. you, I'd lose my mind, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I, I, we've got a good. There's a good. I think definitely now after being here for two years, and you you kind of know the the kind of ins and outs of it, and find your your circle. Like man, my my followers. I mean, fuck knows how I got as many as I did, <laughs> but I feel like people who follow me now are just following me because they want to have a good time and it's a really good it's a really good vibe. <laughs> oh, it's it's a wonderful time. I I love what you put out it. It's it's always very funny, very lighthearted stuff, which is why I appreciate it. Uh and it's another one of those reasons I wanted to get you on here is cuz everyone's so goddamn depressed right now and you've kept yeah. a smile on your face the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, that's that's what uh what Cashing out and, and sorting your life out will do. Right. <laughs> it's what having a normal life and money will do for you. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, it, the, the jokes just make things better. I like bear market Twitter better, to be honest. It's fun. You know? Yeah, it brings, out, it brings out the funny side of people, I think. I, so, I just uh, don't know if that's because we've forgotten what it's like to blast a 10x in a week and go off on Twitter, but... Yeah. You know, we'll, Maybe, see, we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I've just chucked some money into fucking Swarm Token or whatever. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's 200% up. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I miss those days, man. We're going to get there. I know we will. I'll say it. Yeah. Alt season's coming. You heard it from me. <laughs> um, before we go, because I really appreciate everything that you've done and talked about on this episode. Is there anything else that you want my guests to know uh, before we wrap up? Uh yeah, Epstein didn't kill himself. There we go. All right, let's end it on that. <laughs> really appreciate um, you coming on, man. It was a lot of fun. Oh, uh, thanks, Charles. I appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Now it's time for what you've probably been waiting for, and that is the animal facts and questions with Bicolo. Like I said, he is CT's cassowary wrangler. Uh, and so we're just going to ask him some, some random animal questions and see where it goes. So let's get into it. Okay. I think the first one that got brought up, I think you had actually written this one was the, it was it a saltwater crocodile versus a shark. Oh yeah. versus a great white shark. Actually, you know, interesting fight. 
Um, so <laughs> the problem is both huge animals, right? Of course. Uh, seven meters long, over, you know, 1.5 tons, fucking prehistoric as shit. Neither has changed in, you know, very much in, I don't know, going how far back. Crocs about 200 million years, sharks about 155 million years, something like that. Yeah, these these are fucking monsters, they're, bro. They're apex um, predators. They're, they're, they've been at yeah, the top absolutely. of the food chain forever. <laughs> See, in the water, I feel like the shark is just a little bit more purpose-built for this fight. Um, as smart as crops are, as dangerous as they are, they... They hunt, especially saltwater crocs, they hunt by ambushing things that are drinking from the water. They don't hunt in the water as much. So I think that, plus the shark's weaponry, man, you've got some crazy teeth on those fuckers. You know, they can cut through you like butter. Um, I think the, I think a great white will take, takes it. Yeah, great white takes it, great unfortunately. White. Okay, I got another yeah. one on the animal yeah. versus animal. Uh, I've, I've seen this one thrown around a lot as well. Gorilla, silverback gorilla versus a grizzly bear. Man, honestly, this one uh, grates on me because the answer is grizzly bear, and it wouldn't even be close. Really? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Gorilla, super fearsome, strong, hairy-looking bodybuilders, <laughs> motherfucker. Yes. Right? But But a grizzly bear is so much bigger... And it's got, it's got fucking claws. Yeah. Like grizzly bear, a, a grizzly bear can kill a moose in like one swipe. <laughs> I've seen videos of it, of literally like boom, down, out. And, uh, yeah, like I think the grizzly bear would, would destroy it. And the argument I get back is all oh, the gorillas can use tools. And it's like, okay, man, the gorillas aren't out here with spears and crossbows. Like that's not the kind of tool use they're doing. Right, it's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. So yeah, grizzly bear all the way. Grizzly bear. Okay. It. What's the uh, matchup between like a grizzly bear and a polar bear? Okay, so for that, you you basically got with grizzly bears. There's lots of different uh, subspecies, and you get uh, in Alaska on Kodiak Island, you get Kodiak bears. And Kodiak bears are grizzly bears on steroids. Um, <laughs> basically, they're fucking huge. Google them if you haven't heard of them before. They're enormous. So polar bears are slight, very sl- like polar bears are a lot bigger than most grizzly bears, but Kodiak bears are slightly shorter, slightly, uh, yeah, slightly shorter, but they're heavier than polar bears. They're beefy as fuck. So that's the matchup you want, right? Polar bear versus Kodiak bear. And uh, that'd be a close fight. That'd be a very, very close fight. Who takes it? Uh, I, I would have to just about go with a polar bear. Okay. Only because polar bears, all bears are omnivorous. Most bears, actually, even grizzly bears, Kodiak bears, they mainly eat like fruit and shit. But polar bears are proper carnivores and they're fucking aggressive 
Like they will, if the, if a polar bear sees you, it's common. It's common for you, man. <laughs> like they are there to kill. Like that's what they want to do. That's how they have fun. You know, <laughs> that's it's, their game. Uh, yeah, my yeah, my bet sure. was on the polar bear. Okay, couple more for you. What's just yeah, your fa- favorite animal? Oh, dude, it's a it's a crazy. That's a super difficult question because it changes all the time. Of course. Um, I think I think I've I've always from when I was a kid I always loved crocodiles. Like I grew up watching Steve Irwin. Um, I had like a bunch of dinosaur books when I was a kid, and uh, when I sadly found out that the dinosaurs didn't exist anymore, um, then crocodiles were like the natural go-to because that's what they are they're dinosaurs man like they they've been around for yeah 200 million years very since about 60 well further than that like 80 million years ago when the dinosaurs were at their peak crocs from then to now have barely changed at all like it, it's crazy they are perfectly built i could spit off so many facts about them like they don't age like we do. A seven-year-old crocodile is as healthy as a seven-year-old crocodile. Um, they, they're smart as fuck. It's only like last three years we discovered they use tools uh, to trip birds into coming down to the water. They'll put sticks on their head so a bird comes down to get a stick for its nest and then they fucking snap the bird. Um, and they're, they're just crazy durable. Like To kill a crocodile, it's very, very difficult. There's a, uh, there's a crocodile in Africa called Gustav. A lot of people, some people might have heard of him, but he's very famous because he's the most prolific serial killer of all time. Um, and it's a single crocodile who's claimed to have killed over 300 people. And he's still alive. Jesus. The fuck is still alive. And he's got, he's recognizable because he's been, he's got a bullet hole in his head and it's just like, nah, nah. Still kicking. He's still going. Still going. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're, they're crazy animals, man. They're really, really from, you know, ancient times. I've, I've seen, I've seen them not just in captivity, but I've seen them in the wild. And it's like, it's like Jurassic Park. It doesn't belong in present day. You know, they're, they're crazy. They are, they're okay. insane. So great, great, great animal to, uh, have as your favorite. Um, you know, I remember back on Twitter a while ago, you were posting about the cassowaries, right? Was that, Oh, the bird. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. my question is, what would what would you need to kill one? To kill one? Yeah, like what's the well, minimum minimum amount of shit that you would need to kill one? Shotgun. Okay. <laughs> like, do you think you could do it with less? So, like, do you think you could thing. take it on with a sword? Oh, you could probably you, you could probably take it on with a sword, but it's just who gets who first, right? <laughs> That's the issue. So the the thing is with these birds, and it, it was hilarious. And pe- I love how people responded to this because they hadn't heard of this thing and they're fucking savage. But they're honestly one of the most dangerous animals to work with in captivity. If you've got a cassowary at a zoo and the zookeeper needs to go in the enclosure, you have to go into a riot shield. Like, you have to. Because otherwise, it's going to kill you. If you if they see you in their territory, they will not leave you alone. You have to fucking run. <laughs> you have to run as fast as possible. Otherwise, it, it's not like 
I don't know, it's not really like coming across, even like lions and tigers will have a bit of a standoff with you to kind of see like what the fuck you are. Like, are you prey? Is this a threat? Like, should I run away? Should I be chasing him? Not of a cassowary, man. Doesn't matter how big you are, what you are. Like, they're coming for you with their velociraptor claws. So they're psychopaths. Um, yeah, they're insane. They're, <laughs> they, they are dinosaurs. They, yeah. they literally are. It's, it's like a pissed off T-Rex that got sized down and given feathers and flamboyant colors. And it's all annoyed with how much of a faggot it looks. So it just wants to kill everyone. So, so I want to know, like, what is the minimum, or, like, what's the least amount of weaponry that you would use to kill one? Like, what do you think you could get away with? What do I think I could get away with? Yeah, because you um, said shotgun. Obviously, I think I could take down one with a shotgun. Let's, let's drop it down a bit. Because I think I could take one with a sword, but I'm not an expert. Yeah, specifically, I think you need a katana. Okay. Yeah. I think if you had like a broadsword, you'd be too slow, okay. right? Because you're coming in for this big, like you're trying to take this thing's head off. And by the time you hit, like swung the sword halfway, it's already kicked you in the fucking chest and ripped your heart out, probably showing it to its friends. So <laughs> you think it can um, kill you with one swipe? Dude, they have. They have killed people with one swipe. Okay. So the re- this this was like my favorite my crowning moment on Twitter right the first time I posted about these um, I, I posted about it uh, how one had killed a uh, killed people in Australia in I don't know the 1920s a long time ago um, but literally just disemboweled like a kid and swiped him in the stomach and he just died like seppuku right um, but then. Three days later, a guy in Florida got killed by his pet cassowary. First time a cassowary had killed someone in a hundred years. And I was like, motherfuckers, I told you, told you to watch out for these fuckers. They are dangerous. Okay. He basically, apparently this guy had a pet cassowary and he fell over near it. And because they're assholes, this cassowary went, oh, fuck you, and kicked him in the neck and he died. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah they're, they're insane i mean um there's so many animals i could talk about that are like you know kind of uh i don't know obscure um don't get really featured on nature documentaries as much and things like that that are super cool occasionally i post about them um because it's fun uh but yeah i think you need a katana because you need speed man you need okay. speed to take on one of those thunder turkeys like <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like a weapon that is less effective than a katana that I think I could kill one with, and I'm having a tough time. Um, if you had, you could probably get one with a spear. You've got the range. I was gonna say the spear. I could just poke it. You know. Yeah, the spear. You've got the range. If if you don't kill it, it would at least like probably fuck off eventually. Yeah. Um, Do you think you could <laughs> wrestle one to death if you had a suit of armor on? what's the armor made out of <laughs> I don't, what's a normal like I'm thinking like full suit of armor like those metal yeah dudes. if you've got no gaps it can't, it can't get at you with it's giant claws you could probably get it if you if you I tell you what if you could like sneak up on one from behind <laughs> and get it in like a rear naked choke right 
you might be able to do it. But yeah. see, what, but, what are the odds that you get that position? You sneak up on it. Do you think you could choke one to death with your bare hands? Um, you probably, if you yeah, if you could get behind it and go, I'm a, I mean like full jujitsu, rear naked choke, yeah. locked in on it, legs wrapped around so it can't hit, like. <laughs> coming in to stop the fight like you could probably choke one to death okay um you would need to yeah you'd have to if you could sneak up on behind one and leap onto its back (laughs) you might be able to get it but they normally live in pairs so if it's friend sees what's happening if it's girlfriend sees what's happening it'll come and kill you um so yeah yeah this my thought on this was a 1v1 you know, not even sneaking up on it. You think you could just like, if it goes to attack your full armor, you can just grab it, wrangle it down, yeah, and eventually. If it can't get through your, I mean, that's the problem, right? Is if it can't get through your armor, it doesn't really have any weapons. Yeah. I mean, its head, it's got pressed on its head. But, but are, I mean, are, the main. Are you strong oh. enough? Like, are humans strong enough to choke it to out? Take onto the ground. You probably you would have to use your body weight. Yeah. You'd have to fall. You pr- you couldn't get one down with just your hands because they're big, man. They're like as big as a person. Yeah, yeah, they're um, big, they're big birds. Yeah, they're big birds. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, it's it's a good question. You would have to, you would definitely have to wrestle it and go down to ground with it. But then that poses risk. That poses risk too. What if you're not armored on the back? Then it could like swing its leg around, swing its fucking giant leg around, and you know rip you a new asshole yeah like <laughs> see these these are the hard hidden questions i wanted to ask because absolutely yeah. i think i think yeah. this is what the people of twitter care about yeah for sure it's a good scientific discussion as well like this is a science yeah. um I, I i want my audience to know that neither of us would ever harm a bird this is no, purely for scientific not. reasons you have to have yeah you have to have these discussions and you know at some point one of us is going to have to go out and <laughs> test these theories. Um, <laughs> oh, that will be that would be your crowning achievement on Twitter. If you can get yeah. a video of you taking one on in a suit of armor, <laughs> I'll fund it. I'll I'll figure out how to fund it. I can I can either front the bill or we can, you know, ICO it. <laughs> we'll get people to buy I- into this. To put to put them in perspective, right? There was a zoo. There was a zoo in the UK that I uh, did some work at uh, when I was at uni that had a cassowary, and uh, this the the enclosure they kept in. They didn't just have a fence; they had a moat before the <laughs> fence. <laughs> no other animal had that. It was just this fucking bird. And I, I asked the zookeeper about it, and they were like, "Yeah, like we we don't even go in there. Don't fuck with we, that bird. We, we just you just have to throw food like over the gate so that it can get it and it can chill." But yeah, so these guys there. these guys sound like giant fucking assholes. Are there any okay. Are there any other animals that are similar to these guys? Just complete psychopaths will attack anything. Oh yeah. They're very similar. This relates to Bitcoin to like honey badgers. Um, there we go. Uh, honey badgers and wolverines. In fact, that whole family, honey badgers and wolverines are related. Um, and that whole family includes things like weasels, goats, um, pine martins, 
And those those guys, that family is really bad. Like wolverines are, you know, the size of a dog, but they've been known to take down grizzly bears. Jesus right? Christ. Yeah. Uh, they they will drop down from the tree if there's a bear in its territory territory. Wolverines will fucking drop down from the tree and like ride them like a backpack of death and fucking tear at them. Honey badgers will take on lions. Um and honey ba- the thing about honey badgers is, especially when they take on male animals, they know to go for the balls. Like there have been recordings of this actually happening where a honey badger's castrated male lion. Because they will just go for the nuts. Because they know that's the best way to fu- incapacitate this big cat. Um, yeah, they're, they're psychos too. Like, they're tiny, but will just fuck you up. Okay. You don't want to come up. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some pictures of honey badgers with like multiple arrows in their back and they're just cruising along. They're like, there's yeah, that classic shit. video of them like eating snakes and shit. Um, they're wild. So back to that original <laughs> question minimum amount of weaponry that you would need to take down a honey badger a honey badger yeah uh, well they're smaller so you could probably wrestle them but it would tear your fucking hands up right so you would need yeah like i'd say like kevlar gloves okay like first lady style the gloves that go down to your elbows what right? about just like steel-toed boots oh like just punt you it just give it a little punt yeah yeah, but then you punt it and it would fly like a hundred yards and then it would just get up and come back. <laughs> you have to go again. There would and be again, there would be no no point where it would just say, This is too much for me, I give up. No, no, no. No, they they don't fucking they don't fuck around now. These are like yeah, they are like hyper aggressive. Like it's 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 insane. It's really funny as well that it's packed into a little animal. Right? They're so uh, tiny. Yeah, I know that they're, they're really small, but they will just not, they do not care. They do not give a fuck. Um, you would need, yeah, you'd probably need, uh, you could probably get away with less of a honey badger just because of the size. Um, if you had a knife, you could take one down. There we it go. It would leap, if you could like get, get the knife in while it was leaping at your balls. Then, <laughs> then you've got it, right? Lure it in, lure it in with, with stretch legs, lure it in. yeah, lure it in, just dangle them, dangle them around, and uh, then yeah, whip the knife out when it leaps for you. Um. <laughs> this is this is the stuff yeah. that Twitter wants to hear. I swear. <laughs> so don't fuck with cassowaries, wolverines, or honey badgers. Anything no, else on that not. list? Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of something, uh, a little bit more, I mean, hippos goes about oh. saying, fuck. Oh, hippos. I've heard like, far wow. too many stories, but see, that's like, that's a little unrealistic cause they're massive. You, you never think you're going to take a hippo, but if you're like out oh, yeah. in wherever, I don't know where cassowaries live naturally, Yeah. but if you're out and you see a mm. bird, you're like, I could probably fuck with that bird. Like I could take that bird. <laughs> you see a hippo, yeah, hippo you're like. You're like, uh-uh, like I do not want to fuck with that thing, you know? Um, even like back in like the glory days of trophy hunting, right, where people would hunt elephants and, you know, in the 1800s would hunt elephants and lions and all that stuff, take trophies back home. You never ever see or hear accounts of people hunting hippos. 
And it's because back then the guns weren't strong enough to get through the hippo's skin. So they're, they're, they were bulletproof. Like, <laughs> I just, I, <laughs> I think it'd be so funny just to see these, like a hunter, you know, going after one of these things and just seeing the bullet bounce off <laughs> and have a hippo like run at you full speed. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, you don't fuck with them. I'm trying to think of something maybe like a little smaller. bit smaller. Yeah, a little bit more obscure as well. Um, um, what about like geese? I fucking hate geese. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, man. Birds are, are savage. <laughs> I, I had a very irrational fear of birds for the longest time. Like really? I, even like little tiny, like little baby birds. I was just like, I don't fuck with them. Uh, I don't know what yeah. it was. I've slowly gotten over that fear. But for some reason, man, whenever, whenever I'm at like the park, like the duck park or whatever it is, and there's some geese cruising around, ugh, they give me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, man. Geese and swans, like they, they take no shit. They, uh, they really don't. Fucking assholes. Yeah, they are. They are. It's just, it's just the, the nature of how, how they've evolved. Just survived by being super, super massive assholes. Um, <laughs> That's how they get through yeah, the day. They're just giant dicks. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They are just a, a piece of shit to anything that isn't another goose. Like, it's very much like, these These are my boys, fuck everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so we've got Bitcoin as the honey badger and everyone on CT as a goose. You're all fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty and much. Anything uh, else? I, I threw that one out there because I fucking hate geese, but you got, you're the animal expert. I feel like you would have one more random one that I couldn't think of. Um, I mean, well, there's lots of, lots of, um, I, a good one is, um, sea lions and seals because people think they're cute and, they you know, and yeah, well, they are cute and, you know, but that's the kind of animal that, you know, if someone saw, if they were out on a boat or like, you know, oh, I might want to go and swim with them or whatever, they're cute, but they'll fuck you up, man. Their, their teeth are, are really really fucking sharp oh, yeah. and they can open it out like 120 degrees and they do not like they don't like people yeah. they don't like people no whenever i'm out you know? surfing and i see any kind of seal i'm like i gotta get the fuck out of here people don't realize yeah, it yeah. like they're, they're super cute but like man they'll fuck you up like leopard seals that live in the um antarctic man that's one of the most dangerous animals you could possibly come across that thing i mean luckily it's in the fucking antarctic no one lives there yeah. um there's like, like that a, very famous picture picture of one opening its mouth like you know like you were saying 120 degrees coming right at the camera i'm sure you've seen that yeah, picture yeah. fucking crazy i mean if you look at like a leopard seal skull next to a lion skull it looks like a monster <laughs> it's crazy but yeah that's that's one of the man like you know they're one of the things that uh people think are, are cute and want to you know, kind of see and play with and, and all that. But they'll, in reality, they'll fuck you up. They'll really fuck you up. There we go. All right. So you gave us a couple. <laughs> I think uh, anything else, you know, that you want the people to know about any sort of animal fact or animal in general <laughs> before we end, if you've got anything else, because I, I love what you throw out there. 
Oh man, I <laughs> I don't know. Like for for me, it's it's a lot. I mean, I'm I'm fascinated by animals. I always have been. Like maybe I I should explain. Like part of the reason that is, I think, is like I've always been kind of like a a uh, bit of an adrenaline junkie. Like I like you know I wakeboard. I been skydiving of like the mountain climbing and all that kind of shit. But for me, man, biggest rush has always been like, you know, seeing some crazy animal in the wild or getting a wild animal to like, you know, take food from me and things like that. That's always been the biggest rush for me. And that's why I'm into it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just kind of, I feel like it's just something that we're sort of meant to do, you know, I think, uh, I mean, I live in Bangkok, which is a big city, but I still get to work with animals a lot. And I think it's a, it's a good thing to do if you haven't, if you haven't, you know, gone and seen some cool nature shit for a while. It's something you should really go and do. Helps you reset, helps keep your mind clear. Yeah. It, uh, you know, you talked about this adrenaline rush that you get. I've had two near death experiences, in my opinion. In my mind, I, I could be very wrong here, but I've had two near-death experiences, and it has been like the biggest rush and the most afraid I've ever been in my life. Mm. My buddies and I, we do a lot of night hiking, and so we're out yeah. on a night hike, and there's this little open area of grass on the hike, and we just see this little baby kind of thing, a little tiny animal walking. We're like, oh, cute, it's a fox. And then we realize mm. it's you know midnight, and it's a baby mountain lion, and we're like, where the fuck mm. is mom? And oh, oh, it was terrifying. <laughs> it is the most scared yeah. I've ever been in my life. Like it was yeah. so fucking scary. Yeah, I mean, talking about aggressive animals, man, mountain lions, like pound for pound, those things are are probably the the toughest cat. Like they're not as big as your lions and tigers and stuff, but they're they're really aggressive. They're psycho. And uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's the thing with cats, man. You're lucky, like. If you see the cat and the cat has seen, with all cats, tigers as well, lions as well, and it sees that it's seen, that you've seen it, it's like, basically it's hunting strategy, it's stalking strategy is fucked. So it has to like rethink. So you need to like lock eyes with them and be like, nah, bitch. <laughs> <I've seen laughs> Talk to the I've ranger and that's exactly what they're saying. They're saying get big, obviously, but then make it known that you have seen yeah, them. Yeah. What people in India used to do is, uh, obviously they had tigers and leopards there. Um, but they used to wear masks on the back of their heads, um, when they were walking along. Smart. So that deter deterred cats, right? Because it looks like a face. Um, so yeah, you need to lock eyes with those motherfuckers. You should be like, nah, bitch, not today. <laughs> yeah, I see, I see you. Yeah, I see you. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that shit. That shit is terrifying. I uh, it's probably the most scared I've ever been in my life. Yeah, I can imagine, man. It's crazy. <laughs> but uh, okay, got got the uh, most important important part of the interview down: the animal facts, <laughs> the animal fights. Uh, if anyone gets mad at me, I'm gonna blame it on you. You're the one who's saying, you know, we're we're gonna fight animals to the death. Um, <laughs> And I think I think we can end the interview there. I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on, man. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. It was 
It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a blast, man. I really appreciate it. All right, that wraps up another episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I just want to take a quick second to remind you to leave us a review and subscribe to the show. We would greatly appreciate it if you did. And we look forward to seeing you next episode.